to have men of God with us, worshiping with us week in and week out. And six months out of the year, one of them is in India. Bob and Jay Lanning joined our congregation about a year ago. We're just thrilled to have them. They have seven children, one of whom is with the Lord. And they've been married for 57 years. Bob is a former Navy chaplain. Any veterans in the house? Can we just give our veterans a hand? Amen. Thank you guys for your service. Pastored, planted churches in Hawaii and other places. Now he serves the Lord six months out of the year in India. Bob, come right on and bring us the word. We're going to continue our series this morning about knowing God, and it's knowing God through prayer. And, and uh, uh, Alan knew it's, it's quite a passion of mine, uh, walking with God and intimacy with God, and I'm really uh, thrilled to have this opportunity to share. And our, our text is very, very well known to all of us. It's Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and, I, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And, and I guess it's only apropos that we should pray, since we're speaking about that this morning, before we begin. Father, we pray for your anointing. We pray for your blessing on all of our hearts and minds that the Holy Spirit can minister to us and we can can step out in faith in a greater degree than ever before in the realm of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer is faith, man. uh, If you believe God can hear you, then talk to him. The way that I think you should talk to God is... uh, First of all, you gotta, you gotta wash your hands and stuff and make sure you're all cleaned up and, and then you gotta put on a suit. And then you put on a real, put on a suit and you be all, and you be, make sure you're really clean. You gotta cut your hair and make sure there's no hair on your face. Cause, um, he don't like hair on people's face. And then you have to, uh, then you gotta clean your car too. Because when you get to the place, it gotta be like a park. You wanna be in the show up in a clean car and then you get there and you need, then you drop on your knees. You can't pick the left knee first or the right knee because you can't go left or right. God's not like the right wing. But he, you got both knees need to drop at the same exact time. Ideally, at like 12:30 on a Sunday afternoon is the perfect time. You go up to the highest point in your neighborhood. You don't have to leave and find a mountain because that's not realistic. Go to the highest point in your neighborhood, whether it be your neighbor's hill or whoever. You just go there, drop both knees at the same time, and then the first words out your mouth have to be. Um, Okay, I'm going to stop, because that's ridiculous. The way that you talk to God is just like I'm talking to you right now. You could literally say, hey, God, what's up? Like, for real. Yeah. First time I saw that, I honestly thought he was serious at first. You know, I'm I'm watching intently, and I realized I was being totally had. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm a little slow sometimes. you know, I've wore, I, I, nothing surprises me much anymore around the world with religious traditions because I've seen so much of it, and it, and it, it is. It, we're very creative as human beings in thinking we know a better way or a more appropriate way to approach God, and it gets pretty bizarre, as you can see. I mean, both knees have to touch the floor at the same time. I mean, really. Uh, but I want to ask you something. You answer me, please. What is prayer? Anybody, please. What is prayer? Seriously. Dialogue with God. Petitioning. Another way of saying it is talking. Talking with God. Just very simplistically, talking with God. Now, the Lord created us for fellowship with him. 
uh, in his prayer this morning, Alan alluded to it. You know, he, he, he created us to have perfect fellowship with him in the garden. It says that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with Father talking to him, hmm? fellowshipping him. It was a natural thing to do. And, of course, the sin that they committed in behalf of all mankind alienated us from God. And Jesus came and has also suggested this morning, pointed out that the cross made it possible for us to be restored in fellowship, talking to the Father, talking to God. Amen? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but I hope that I can come to a place where, where I can challenge you in talking to God and fellowshipping with God. Uh, people have observed that I use the term father so much, and I use it so comfortably, uh, but it sounds different to them because most people say God. And I don't do it consciously, but it's just, just what I'm comfortable with, if you will, uh, referring to God as father. Uh, uh, it, it's just, just it, that's me. It's, uh, you know, the scripture talks about Abba, Father which in English, probably the, the closest thing we have is daddy. Does that sound irreverent to you? You know, talking about Father God is daddy. But that's the kind of depth of relationship that that's at, we're, we're commended to. And uh, uh, the question is, uh, can we get used to that? Can we get comfortable? See, there are degrees of familiarity. Think about this. Now, first of all, I can know about someone that is, I've heard of him. All right, then I can be acquainted with some someone. That is, I've met him. Hello, that's it. You know, shaking hands. Uh, I can be friends with someone. That is, we know each other somewhat. Uh, I was in a church a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, I'm a friend of God. The song, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Okay, uh, it's a pretty nice song. I can consider someone a dear friend, and that is. We're close. You see, I'm getting, getting more intense here now. Then there are a few people I consider friends for life. Uh, that is, we can be apart for decades and, and meet up again as though we were together yesterday. You think a friend or two like that, don't you? Then, then there's an infatuation with someone. That's like being in love, but it's mostly emotional and it's not based on mutual experience. Uh, and then I can dearly love someone and, and endear them. That's like my wife and my children and my grandchildren. And that's a, a very intense, very in-depth kind of fellowship and relationship. What kind of a relationship do you have or do you want with Father God? That's the question I want to pose to you this morning. Uh, you, you just know about him? You just have a speaking acquaintance? Uh, somewhat friendly? Close? Lifelong friends, amazed or ready to, to give your life for him and to love him as yourself. Hmm? You know, I have a son, Ryan. Uh, um, Ryan, uh, until he was 17, sought after God. Uh, I took him to Siberia with me on a trip. Uh, he went to the Kurds right after the first Gulf War with a, a, a YWAM team of, of young people. The State Department was calling us every day, telling them we had to get them out of there. It's too dangerous. And we didn't have any way to get a hold of them. Uh, and we wouldn't have any way. Uh, Ryan is now, let's see, Ryan's uh, 38 um, and doesn't walk with God. He believes everything that you and I do, 
But his complaint was he never could hear God. He always wanted to hear God, and he felt like he could never hear God. And it, and it frustrated him, and he ultimately uh, just doesn't maintain a relationship with the Lord now. It makes us very sad. He's a fine young man. He's a pilot and flies. He was a pilot in the Marine Corps. Now he flies big Sikorsky helicopters out to the platforms out in the Gulf and uh, has a lovely family, lives down in Bryan. Now, maybe you, like Ryan, are frustrated with God. You talk to him, but he doesn't seem to talk to you. What's up with that? See, uh, what's missing? Let's talk about that today. Now, it's a, there's a natural consequence uh, of, of human behavior and interaction and relationship. Uh, what happens if you ignore someone talking to you? Isn't that pretty uncomfortable and pretty unusual? Now, if your police officer pulls you over, uh, uh, Jimmy, you know, James, pulls you over and, and walks up to the window and you, roll, you know, run the window down, put both hands on the steering wheel and look ahead and don't talk to him. He's trying to engage you, asking you questions, you know, and you ignore him. What do you think is going to happen? Well, he'll try several times, courteously probably, then ask you to get out of the car, then frisk you, then handcuff you and put you in the squad <laughs> and, and, and have your car towed. And, and your, your uh, passenger will probably have to make do for themselves because he won't let them drive the car home because now you're some kind of a suspect or, you know, you're very suspicious. Why? You wouldn't communicate. And, and that was, that's very unusual and very questionable behavior. Um, but God is trying to talk to us all the time. Do you believe that? But he never gets angry, even though he's the person of ultimate authority in all the universe. He never gets, not going to handcuff us. And, and, uh, you know, he, he keeps trying. He keeps trying to, see, uh, to get a response from us. You see, it's a natural courtesy to respond to someone when they say hi, even if you've never met them before. I was going to Walmart the other day, and the 4-H girls were out front selling their cupcakes and cookies and things, and every one of them, they're just wholesome, lovely young girls, 13, 14 years old, and every one of them said hi, and I said hi to every one of them. I mean, you know, it just how could you not say hi to them, you see? Uh, it's just a natural consequence, interaction verbally. Now, but the depth of relationship might stop right there. Or you might end up marrying that person someday. It's just a matter of time. You know, what, what will develop? What will happen? Best friends or something like that, time will tell. Now, a man in combat, I mentioned it was in the chaplaincy, a man in combat, <coughs> we used to joke, you know, I was in during the Vietnam era, and, and, and we, we, guys would say, Lord, if you'll get me out of this one, I'll get myself out of the next one, you know, uh, communicating with God, right? Um, it's natural to turn to God and talk to him in a tight spot. Uh, another one is, uh, uh, you know, uh, there are no atheists and foxholes, you know, that, that's uh, another communication. Why? Why? Because it's a natural consequence to turn to anyone who might be able to help you, and when you're in one of those situations where there doesn't seem to be any help, ultimately turn to God. Now, intimacy, the word intimacy is usually reserved for marital relationships. Uh, it usually refers to the most intense and unconditional relationship that is possible between two people. Have you ever thought about intimacy with God? Is that a goal of yours? The two shall become one. Hmm? Um, 
I'm a part of YWAM, and, and, and their slogan is to know God and to make him known. To know God and then to make him known. And, and a focus of theirs, a basic tenet, is intimacy with God and the Father, heart of God. Primary, fundamental concepts and, and, and awarenesses that are necessary to have an in-depth walk with the Lord. We assume that oneness and intimacy between married couples, but not so much with Father God. Why is that? Why is that? Is it, is it teaching? Is it our teaching? Is it, is it lack of faith? Uh, is it failed experience and attempts like Ryan? Uh, is it lack of time invested? Uh, is it no interest? Uh, too busy? Uh, but not too busy for Facebook and a smartphone. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, let's talk about the application, application of talking to God. Um, there's a prayer that people oftentimes pray when they're in tremendous distress. Lord, if you're out there, an unbeliever, Lord, if you're out there, please help me. <coughs> Excuse me. Lord, if you're out there. Please. Many people have come to the Lord that way. Because the Lord did come, and the Lord did answer them. And there was a miraculous intervention, and, and they never uh, turned away. Um, Joel 2.32 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. How about that? Do you believe it? Does God answer? I want to ask you a question, fundamental question for me. Does God answer the prayers of unbelievers? For years, decades, I always believed the only prayer that God answered of unbelievers was, forgive me my sins. Repentance. I really did. I believed that with all my heart as a pastor. Many years. And it took a kind of a conversion, excuse me, <coughs> for me to come to understand that God uh, had other, other ideas. That his, thank you very much. That his nature was different. Thank you. Uh, and I'll demonstrate how. Thank you. <clears throat> in missions, I specialize in church planting, starting new churches in small towns, small villages, uh, villages and small towns. I used to work all over the world on all the continents except Antarctica. And... Uh, uh, in developing developing countries, and then uh, the last uh, seven eight the last eight years, I've been in India exclusively, and I learned to look for the key to any culture, wh- whether it's South America, Russia, India, wherever it was. And the Lord uh, I, I, in India, I was over. Uh, I discovered that people are overwhelmed with their problems. That's their fundamental focus in life is is their poverty. And, and they're tremendous problems, and there's nobody to care. Everybody looks out for themselves. And that's the key to their culture. Uh, they're grasping for answers, no matter where it comes from, whether it's from non-Hindus, Christians, uh, uh, doesn't matter, Muhammad, wherever I can get an answer to my problems. And, and we promote the good news of the gospel as Jesus is the answer to every problem. Jesus is the answer to every problem. So we invite Hindus and Muslims to come to an evening gathering 
uh, at a home of about, about a dozen non-believers, all non-believers, except for the leader, maybe the assistant leader. We have each person say what their problem is and then stop and ask another non-believer to pray for them, to pray to, to the Lord, Lord God and to Jesus to help them with their problems specifically. And then we move on to the next one. Pray. And the next one. And pray. These are non-believers praying for non-believers. Uh, and, 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 and you see, we don't have a solution to the problems. We don't have resources. We don't have money. We don't have food. We don't have jobs. We don't have interventions in their lives and their relationships. But the next week, we ask for testimonies of answers to those prayers. And and you wouldn't believe the miracles. Healing, employment, resolve family conflicts, including alcoholism and, uh, and spouse abuse. It's, it's simply amazing. God answering unbelievers' prayers, delivering them, as, as Joel said. Delivering them. Um, you, you can't make this stuff up. Either, the, either they're lying or I'm lying. I mean, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and it's an it's, it's amazing thing to see. And I've witnessed these things. So, so soon the whole village wants uh, to be, you know, to come and wants to be involved because they need answers to their problems. And there's a lot more like singing, <coughs> excuse me, and singing. And uh, 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 we have to have them oftentimes repeat the prayer after the cell group leader because they have no idea what to say or how to say it and talking to the Lord. But all that works out. Soon they want to know more about Jesus. This Jesus who cares. That's the, that's the key. See, Jesus who cares. And in due time, they want to repent of their sins and be baptized. And there's the discipling challenge because all are immature believers and, uh, and so on. But our focus today is people talking to God and thereby getting to know him as the one person or entity who is interested in them when everyone else ignores their suffering. Hmm? They can't even read. They're illiterate, so many of them. Uh, so the word, they can't get to the Lord through the word, but they get to the Lord through prayer. And that's the way we lead them. Uh, we, can, we can teach them the word even though they can't read it. <coughs> many times they end up be, being uh, leaders themselves, and, and, and they've learned all that they know uh, from the spoken word, uh, talking, <laughs> because uh, they, can, they can't read. Uh, Jesus repeatedly answered the entreaties of people for relief from their problems. Sickness, demon possession, uh, blindness, death, and dumb, and so forth. And he answered them by granting their request, and he didn't require them to repent first. Is that right? They believed because they experienced his love. Amen? How can we do any less than our Lord, especially since... All one has to do is ask if we will only love others enough to tell them about the Messiah. Messiah means deliverer. And all we have to do is tell them about the deliverer. And since we know, how can we do any less than our Lord and to tell them and introduce them? You know, how many of you remember that, that film, that movie, Lady Hawk? Remember Lady Hawk way back when? Well, in that, uh, Matthew Broderick, a young actor then, Young boy, uh, the priest uh, is set back, I don't know, in the Middle Ages or something. And, and the priest uh, says to him, the Lord wants you to what? And said, you know, and gave him, you know, a mandate. 
and, and this young this character uh, says, I talk to the Lord every day, and he didn't say anything to me like that. Isn't that great? That's the ultimate. I talk to the Lord every day, and I know what he says, and he didn't say anything like that to me. Can you say that? I hope so. I hope we can all say that. I talk to the Lord every day, and that doesn't sound like him to me. He hasn't said anything like that to me. Uh, you know, I have a graduate degree in counseling and psychology from A&M as well as my graduate degree from seminary and so forth. And I can tell you absolutely for sure that relationships are de- dependent on communication, on talking, on talking. You see where I'm going? Uh, uh, it, it, it's fundamental. Husbands with wives, parents with children, brothers with sisters, how many hours a day do you talk to your spouse if you add it all up? Think about it. Or, or to your children, whatever age they are. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, how many hours a day do you spend talking to God? Uh, someone said you've gone to meddling now. Uh, <laughs> just challenging, just challenging. Not kidding, but challenging. Uh, I, I, my youngest son is 37. And um, we were down visiting them uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. In Houston, and um, he, he, he said, Dad, he says, I know you pray several hours a day. He said, said can you just tell me, give me some idea how you organize that? How you, 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 what do you say all that time to the Lord? And um, he walks the Lord, loves the Lord, knows the Lord well. And uh, he's a litigation lawyer in oil and gas, so he does a lot of talking, you know, in court. And I say the right thing at the right time and all this kind of thing. But he's asking me for direction. <clears throat> and um, I, I've never, never written down, you know. By the way, what I said to him was, uh, I use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern, and I pray according to that pattern that's in the Lord's Prayer. Um, and you see a different pattern there when you examine it. And so that's how I organize it. And I've never written it down or anything like that before. But I said to him, you know, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've decided, you know, I, I suppose I ought to. He's asking me for direction, and and maybe he can use it for an example. Uh, we'll see. And I read my Bible every year. But, but uh, my point being that talking to God and fellowshipping with God is absolutely fundamental to the relationship. You see what I'm saying? It's fundamental to our marital relationships, our family relationships, even employment, Emplo- employers and employees and so forth. Um, it's... Scriptures admonish us to pray without ceasing, right? Uh, does that mean uh, praying with your head bowed, eyes closed, reverently doing the V's and the vowels, uh, consistent with our traditions and all this? Well, try that while you're driving the car. No, no just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, uh, of course not. It's turning to him in things throughout the day, including problems that need a solution, looking for an address, uh, thanking him for answers to prayer and solutions, uh, help with your relationships, uh, which shirt to wear. Those of us that were here last Wednesday, some fellow in the video was saying, God doesn't care what shirt we wear. That's ridiculous. Well, just try wearing the wrong shirt when the Lord has in mind for you to wear a particular shirt to draw attention or whatever or to be appropriately dressed. Have you ever had the Lord... 
whisper in your ear, that's, that's not suitable for where you're going today. That's not going to work out. And you're so thankful to God you didn't wear what you were going to wear. Kind of. It's a matter of listening to God and being attentive to Him, being tuned in and thanking Him. And, and most of all, most of all, saints, when you mess up, repent. Because nothing will turn off the faucet. Nothing will turn off the tap faster with God. He just has to wait for us to repent when we mess up. So many of us just try harder to do better and don't repent. That's such a mistake. Such, most of us make it all the time, kind of regularly. But that's a big one. But just uh, it's also like how to answer a delicate question posed to you, what exactly to say to witness or testify to someone in the moment, a whispered appeal, and, and on and on I could go. You talk to your relations, talk to God. I pray thee. Now, in, when I was pastoring in Hawaii, we were on the Big Island, and a lot of old hippies there. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's kind of, I, was, I was driving one day. This is back 1980s, late 1980s. And I, I was driving through a cane field on a road, and, and, and there was this, this uh, middle-aged kind of guy walking along, and I stopped and offered him a ride. And um, I said, you want to lift? And he stopped, and, you know, he looked in the window, and he looked up to heaven quite some little long time, like he was asking the Lord, and then he, okay, and he got in the car, you know, made a real big deal out of seeming to ask, he didn't know who I was or anything, but I'm not talking about being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, I'm talking about walking with God, walking with God, and it's my passion, it's my, I don't know how else to say it, walking with God is so rich, and so awesome and so available if we can just seize on it and believe for it and work toward it and walk toward the Lord. He most certainly is there waiting for us, arms wide and waiting. Shall we pray? Lord, we can't thank you enough for your goodness. We can't thank you enough for your love. And we can't thank you enough for, for just reaching out to us even though we, we don't uh, uh, recognize it so much of the time. And so much of the time we go through things unnecessarily because we simply don't, don't seize on your comfort and your guidance, and we ask forgiveness for that. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to start maybe a new chapter, okay? And I, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm talking about a new chapter in your, in your journey with the Lord. Maybe you felt this morning the Holy Spirit saying to you, you could be closer. You could walk more intimately with me if you would like to. I would like that. You felt that from the Lord this morning. Would you like to just raise your hand? Saying to, you're saying to the Lord. You can just put it right back down. That's great. Yeah, I heard you, Lord. I got it. I got it. And I need it. And I want it. Just between you and the Lord. Amen. Amen. See those hands. The Lord bless you. Now, if you raised your hand this morning, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can say, say privately. Uh, just between you and the Lord, I'd just like to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I want to walk with you closely. I want to experience your, your fellowship. And I want to be intimate with you like, like no other relationship I've, I've ever experienced. I want to be closer and deeper in my, my experience with you. Help me, Lord. Guide me. Be my friend. 
Be my brother, Lord Jesus. Be my father, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, as a fellowship, as a community, may we be able to encourage and challenge and be an example to one another of going deeper and deeper, richer and richer, more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Bob, you're going back to India for another six months next Sunday, right? Next Sunday, early in the morning. And you'll be based at a children's home? I'm going to be living at a boys' home, a YWAM boys' home, yeah. And venturing into some new territory? Can you? I'll, I'll, back, I've been focusing on one state this last uh, eight years, and I'm, I'm going to change that now and begin to work once again all over the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we're honored that you worship with us when you're home. Just extend your hand towards Bob and towards Jay. Lord, we just pray for this precious couple. The next six months of their life are going to be unique. Pray, Lord, that they're their most fruitful ever. Providing for all of Jay's needs on this side and Bob's needs on that side. Lord, that you'd open up effective doors of ministry for them and revelation. Lord, we pray for all of their children that they would begin to hear you clearly and recognize when you're whispering in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Bob's example to us all. I pray, Lord, we would all begin to pursue those things that you put on our hearts to do for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If um, Hold on just a second. If someone feels a call to ministry or to missions, what's the first thing? You know, like I was saying about Youth of the Mission, that, that they teach people to know God before they encourage them to try to tell other people about God. And so discipleship training school is a very integral part that's required for all staff members in Youth of the Mission. It's six months long, and it's very powerful in, in helping you uh, hear from God and, and be encouraged and strengthened in obeying Him and having at your disposal... A worldwide network that can, can be, uh, make things possible. Thank you. So in light of that, for the next few weeks, we're going to be speaking every Sunday on knowing God. You don't want to miss it. I believe the Lord's drawing us to a closer relationship with Him than we've ever had before. And in the context of that, you're going to begin to hear Him concerning steps of action for pursuing the calling He has for your life.